What's up, guys? We are back. You're high street freaks. I'm going to be honest. I was prepared to have music if Ohio State beat Michigan. I mean, that was I was I was going to make that part of the thing. Like if Ohio State just, uh, you know, demolished Michigan, we were going to work on some intro music. I'm still going to do it at some point, but there's no rush now because Ohio State didn't earn that. None of us earned that. So you get what you get. That's where we're at. But uh, I'm here again with my good buddy, Ryan. We are here to talk about the Bucks. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm amongst other things, um, yeah. but mostly the bucks and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it is, it is definitely the, the other side, but we're on like the, we, we hit the Valley of darkness was like last week. And we're just like coming up on the, like talking ourselves into being back phase of things. Yeah. There's still some hope in our hearts. Yeah. Um, we're, we're at the bottom to be clear, but like, it's, it's definitely like up, we're, we're going up. By April, check back in with us. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I, I I published an article this past week called The Chopping Block that had my 15 changes Ohio State need, besides firing Ryan Day, which I think is an implicit one, that Ohio State need to make this offseason. Um, and they pulled off one of them today, which we're going to talk about at length. Um, so I'm 115th of the way to feeling better. Um, how, how many would <laughs> you have about- to hit? To feel like, would you say like good? Like, because obviously you're feeling like great if they do all 15. How many would you have to, would they have to hit to? Oof. It depends. Like, I think. It depends on which ones. At least. Yeah, it depends on which ones. I think at least 11 of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's a pretty high standard, I know, but yeah, we're, we're not going to break down each, what each one is. You can subscribe. No, to no, no, no. We'll do that subscribe later on. Yeah, that's right. If any guys subscribe to that and read that article and a bunch of other coverage about Ohio State and college football writ large, uh, subscribe to me at midfield.com, which is our website. Uh, Kevin, you and I write there. Uh, our buddy Famously. Patrick Mayhorn, who I host, who I host Flipping the Field with, he writes there. Our friend Taylor Fulton, who covers Michigan, she writes there. Um, we and all, you can write uh, there on our boards if you want. <laughs> that's right. You can write there on our boards. You can listen to premium episodes of this podcast. I think this is a free one. We're we doing a free one. This here? is free. We're doing free. This Come is on. free. All right. Yeah, cool. It's free. It's a big week. Um, uh, we'll do more premium podcasts throughout the off season. Uh, we kind of alternate free and premium weeks. You we might go a little more frequent than that at the end of the like the next couple, the next month or so. We'll see. We're gonna play it by ear. Yeah. Based on what we got to do. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, we uh, we have premium episodes of this podcast and flipping the field uh, every week during the season and pretty often throughout the off season. Uh, we have premium articles on the website every single week uh, from the four of us, and we have truly the best message board in college football. Um, it is your favorite sports writer's favorite message board. I'll tell you that. Uh, they're on there. There's that quite a true. few of them on there. <laughs> uh, they're at least lurkers. On there. They're lurkers. Some of them are posting. Uh, we've got a good, good crew of people on there. It's a really fun community, too. People are just, I mean, uh, look, it's a hilarious crew. You guys have heard us talk about this. It's your first podcast. Uh, you've seen me tweet about it. Or you've seen Kevin tweet about it. Uh, come join the boards. Come join me at midfield.com. Get yourself a Christmas present. Kevin, I don't want to linger too long on that because we have a lot of shit to talk about today. Yeah, I think um, I think first you you had a game ball to award. Um, it has nothing to do that's with football. Right. It is a it is an Ohio State media game ball, and I honestly think we need to make this a regular thing, maybe in the season. Um, just a, a game, game ball game to ball. A, to to a media <laughs> member. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you got like a game that. ball to award. Well, look, obviously, no one on the football team deserves a game ball. Um, so we are <laughs> we are giving a game ball um, to Dougley Maurice. Uh, of the podcast fame uh, he works for I, I don't know what he actually like 
I have no he fucking clue, man. Right? He mostly podcasts, and yeah, he does. He works with the rivals guys. He works with Austin Ward, Bill Landis. You guys know him, Jeremy Berman. Yeah. He works with all those guys. He's on the podcast. You can find him on Twitter. You guys know Doug Lamarie's. Um, he's a great, he great concocted, writer. great writer. He concocted the best possible way I've ever seen for someone to call Ryan Day a pussy without offending Ryan Day. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, he asked him an at length question about. Uh, if he felt like he was letting it rip in the game and if he was being aggressive and all these things and the obvious implication being like you didn't right obviously you didn't it was one of the most direct and confrontational in a friendly way questions i've seen from a member at ohio which State doug doug is great at memory. doing that too so good at it so yeah. uh, he, he did it all the time with urban urban knew it was coming too and i think he played it up a little more than when ryan day did urban was a lot better at like kind of brushing it off and smiling through it like smiling through the pain a little bit um, he did it to Doug did it to urban all the time too. Um, yeah. so, but Ur urban made a game out of it and Ryan day, just like deer in the headlights did. And, uh, he, he tried to talk his way around it a little bit, but Doug, he kept going and it was, I, I, I admire him for it. It was very good. I, I do. Yeah. Right. He, he basically got Ryan day to admit that like, he should have been more aggressive, which like, great. He, he should have. But what really bothered me about Ryan Day's response, and we talk about this, we talk about this on both podcasts. I'm not on your other podcast, but both podcasts talk about this. As a website, we are very much process over results people. It doesn't Absolutely. matter what it doesn't matter what the result is if the process is bad or good. Like you you evaluate based on the process. And so, like, had Ohio State been aggressive and gone for it on fourth down and didn't get it, it still would have been the right call to go for it on fourth down. A hundred percent. You know, and Ryan and Day still couldn't wrap his head around that. He still couldn't say, like, "Oh, well, yeah, I would have fallen off better if we made the kick." And, it really and, and that's that's the end. thing, and and yeah. that's that's what bothered me the most is that Ryan Day agreed that it was the wrong call to kick the field goal, and he said because we missed, it was the wrong call. It's like no, it wasn't the wrong call and because I think you missed. He was maybe being slightly tongue in cheek when he said that, but it was still just like he does think that in his head. Yeah. He does think that. Yeah, he does. Fuck that and, guy, and, dude. and it's it's very it's very results based, and I I just. I, I can't I I don't I don't drive with that at all. It's like why it is, I'm beginning to feel pessimistic that he's going to fire any of these coaches that should be fired because oh we went 11 and one dude it was a good result. Yeah. Um, but the, the reason I want to give the game ball to Doug like there's a lot of great writers in the Ohio State beat right like I think I mean we can go I, there's a lot of them we could go through I think like you know Austin Ward has incredible sources right he's like as inside the program as anyone is you have great recruiting writers and you know Givler and Burr and and Alex Kleitman and a few other guys Bill Landis like nose ball better than anyone else in the B. Um, you know, you have, uh, I think Tony Gerdman's fucking hilarious, right? There's a lot of other guys. There's a lot of really good writers in the B. Yep. But I think Doug is like, and Marcus Hartman too, another great guy, like, like all the guys out there do great work. But I think Doug is the only one who really understands the role of journalism as confrontational when necessary. Yeah. And the fact that essentially a lot of people in the fan base who give a lot of money to Ohio State football um, whether you know explicitly via donations or implicitly via jersey sales and ticket sales, have a lot of anger and frustration about the program. And it is Ohio's program at public school, and that Ryan Day is not doing the job he's been hired to do, and is falling short while still getting rewarded very handsome for uh, handsomely for it financially. Uh, I think Doug is the only one who's like correctly expressing that frustration in his questions. I think Landis is a good job too. But like Doug, really, I mean, yeah. like Doug is more willing to get his teeth into it. I well, think probably because he's different relationship to the program in Landis. Right. But yeah, it's um. Yeah. I, I think I think the yeah. thing too is like there's there's plenty of people that will do that in their writing and stuff too. I think almost everybody will criticize is critical in their writing. It's another thing to sit there to the face to, face to face with the coach and say, 
you know, it sure looked like you weren't being aggressive. Like I loved the, I loved the starting off the encounter with, is it, is it fair to say that you want to be aggressive? Like you want this to be an aggressive program? And Ryan is like, well, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, like just making sure. So like, that wasn't aggressive, was it? Like, I yeah. don't know. It was, it was, it was very, he's, very good. He's very good at his job. He's yeah, very, he's good very, very job. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Respect to Doug. That was great work. I mean, he deserves the game ball. Uh, we'll start looking for more throughout the season, but uh, yeah. Doug deserves one for sure. Um, and shout out to all of you, by the way, who are coming around uh, two years too late on wanting Parker Fleming fired. I'm not going to bash God. you for coming around too late. I'm still happy enough to see that all of you guys have decided I, it. I, um, I, you know what? a little bit louder. Yeah. Yeah, hand up, <laughs> hand up. I was late to the party too. I was, I was not like one that I was not, nobody was a Parker Fleming defender. I, if you were a Parker Fleming defender, yeah. you're a moron. But I was, I was of the camp that's like, this doesn't really matter. Like there's, there's not a lot to like, like there, this is, this is just a thing to choose to be angry about. Like that's, that was my stance like two years ago. Like this, it, it this is fine. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's a minor problem, but I was wrong. It was, it's a big problem. It was. And I, and that hinges upon Parker Fleming being like actually bad at his job too. Um, I, I think it's kind of a different conversation if like Parker Fleming came in and like was an awesome special teams coach. I think you would have still said that it's a waste of a, a, you know, position coach spot to have a yes. awesome special yeah. teams coach too. I I would have just been like, yeah, whatever, like do what you do, do whatever. But since he is a bad, like actively bad special teams coach, it is especially bad that he I'll is. I'll say if he was very too. good at his job, I just would have wanted either Keenan Bailey or Corey Dennis fired. That would have been my answer. Yeah. Uh, if he was bad at his job, because the answer he, is yeah. still the, the process of having the staff misaligned is bad. But right. yeah. And and I, th- I think um, you're right that even if he was great at his job, I think the return on investment is just not great. You know, like yeah. to have a a special teams coach as a full time like it, it's just not a good return on investment. But it is an especially bad return on investment when he is an actively bad head coach. That listen, our our good friend Colton Denning. If you go to his YouTube channel, he has just released his second 11 minute video showing um, Ohio State's special teams miscues. He has one from last year that is 11 minutes and one from this year that is 11 minutes. So in two years, you have 22 minutes of Ohio State special teams miscues, which is hilarious because the average special teams play takes like, what, six seconds? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, God damn, dude. He's so fucking stupid. He's so bad at his job. Uh, game ball to Colton Denning as well. Game ball to Colton Denning for doing yeah. no one's work of, uh, of making that every every year uh i know it's miserable to watch yeah parker fleming should be at minimum arrested uh i have worse <laughs> results in mind for him but but we'll see um all right kevin we did all that we have a lot to get into here because the big news that we have been we've been hiding so far yeah there's I'm a big transfer heard it big transfer yeah. jacob james is Cameron in the martinez oh nice <laughs> <laughs> parker lewis um yeah I honestly had a lot of transfers uh, so far since the portal opened uh, earlier today, about 21 hours ago. Um, but the biggest one is quarterback Kyle McCord. Um, my understanding of events, based on some talking to people close to the program, is that uh, Kyle McCord and his uh, illustrious father uh, had a meeting with Ryan Day at the end of the season. Uh, and essentially were looking for assurances and guarantees that Kyle would be the starter again next season. There were also some financial assurances that were requested. We can't go too much into detail about. Um, and those were not granted. Ryan Day, to his credit, told Kyle McCord, like, look, we're going to look in the portal. If the right guy comes around, we're going to take him. 
Uh, and if not, it's still going to be open quarterback competition next spring. Like basically, what we saw in the field this year was not good enough to guarantee you a starting job, whether it's from outside contenders or from internal ones. Uh, we have to keep competing. Basically, you got to get better to to keep the job. And understandably, from uh, first of all, a good move by Ryan Day, the right move. Uh, understandably, to McCord's credit as well, the right move from him. Like if I'm him and I'm a starting quarterback who's a guy going to my money year because Ryan Day wasted my red shirt to let me play. Uh, eight snaps against Michigan State in 2021 uh, instead of, you know, seeing any other quarterback of the five we had in the roster, I would also transfer because I now my final year of eligibility. I need a chance to start right. to get to the NFL. It's the right choice for both of them. Um, Ohio State could not run it back with Kyle McCord. He sucks. And Kyle McCord could not risk not being the starting quarterback next year. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I, I think God. that's... We're free. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the... When he initially announced, my Twitter was full of people that were like, wow, Ohio State fans really ran off Kyle McCord. Listen, if you sincerely believe that social media comments made Kyle McCord transfer from Ohio State, you're a moron. Like that is that is not what happened. Um, I, I think Ohio State would have gladly taken him back if circumstances, you know, allowed it but they're not going to make promises that required or the promises that were required to get him back because that would be insane. Um, right. I mean, I, I I know that you're, we're not going to talk specifics into the financial things that were talked about or whatever, but like just logically speaking, it's 2023. If you want a starting quarterback, especially a returning starting quarterback that has an option to go in the portal, like, yeah, there's going to be money that's involved in that. There's going to be like a monetary thing involved. So like Ohio state was not going to get involved in, like what based on what you saw from Kyle McCord this year, was it even if you're fine running it back one more year with him, was it good enough to one, pay him, essentially give him a raise for it, and two, guarantee that he was going to be the starter? Absolutely Fuck not. No. Yeah. No. And, and every I'm, every moron defender in the world out there, like all the Buckeye Homers can and I'm not talking about a media, I'm about like mostly fans at this point, can point to He's like, you know, he's a top 20 QBR in college football and all like the, the raw counting stats they want to. Yeah. Um, when you're at Ohio State in a Ryan Day system and you throw the football the way we do and you have the the tools and the, and the talent around you that you do. That is like the bare minimum where you should be like being worse than that is an abject disaster. It's yeah. unfathomable. Um, he's gotten a top 10 season out of every quarterback he's ever started for him, including JT Barrett. Uh, yeah. Like it's as a passer. There, there's just certain results you expect to get. He's clearly the worst Ohio State starting quarterback since 2011, Joe Bowserman. Um, Damn right? Man. No arguments there? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So Even he got replaced in season, so I'm not sure that even really counts. Like, who's who's the last, yeah. like, wire to wire? Got it. it might be. Is, Beckman was is better, he... man. Damn. Uh... I don't know if I can think back that far. I'd say like Krenzel? Justin Zwick, but he got replaced too. Um, yeah, Krenzel? Krenzel, maybe. He won a national title. It's really funny, but he was objectively not a good quarterback. He could run at least. Yeah. It was like back before yeah. passing mattered was is is how far back we have to go for this. Yeah, Joe Germain is where we're going. No, I'm kidding. Um, Joe Germain was objectively Joe better. Germain was good. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Steve Bellisari. Steve Bellisari started most of a year. Um, I don't know. He's back a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go back a long time. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, that. That's that's my new that's my new talking point is that yeah uh, the Kyle McCord was the worst Ohio State quarterback since Kirk Herbstreet. 
Yeah. It, it um, might not be true. It's just, that's what I'm going to say now. For sure. For sure. Uh, he's bad. He's bad. Um, good riddance, right? Good riddance to him. Uh, Ohio State has to do better. They're trying to do better. I think that question of will they do better remains to be seen. Um, we can get into it because, I mean, I, there are a few replacement options, right? Yeah. Um, well, but obviously before, guys in the portal. Yeah. Before we even get to that, I think the notion that, like, Ohio State can't do better than Kyle McCord is just like that's a baffling question to me, like a baffling conversation to me, because it's like, was was what Kyle McCord did really above replacement? You know, like I guess we're gonna find out real quick. Like maybe we'll really regret this move or whatever. But like I from what we were saying, like I given the the talent, like I just I I don't know that it's like a a massive loss or anything. Especially like the wor- the worst thing that happens at this point is that you end up playing a younger guy with upside. If like you end up with Lincoln Keenholes or like an Air Noland or something like that, which I don't think I think it'd be insane to start Air Noland, but like that's the worst case scenario at this point. And I'm not even sure that that would be a worse result than just running it back. Right. And, and I, I think part of the factor here is that Ohio State did see their other two quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, three of them, but come on, Tristan Chebby. Uh, see the two quarterbacks like Keen Holtz and Deborah Brown in practice all year as well. And yep. they saw that Kyle McCord was not improving, right? Like Kyle McCord did not get better the entire year. And I think that's a significant factor in the decision here. Is it's not like, it's not like Kyle had a tough season, but showed points of growth. He was getting worse as the year went on. And you, you can blame on the ankle if you want to, whatever you want to. I don't think he was learning from his coaching. I don't think he was working on his footwork. I don't think he was reading progression. I think his eyes were bad. I think a lot of things that it takes to be a quarterback in this system at this level, uh, Kyle McCord was not accepting coaching on and was not getting better at. And yeah. I think that kind of frustration, when you know the talent around you is going to get a little bit worse too, right? Marv's not going to be there. You're losing Kate Stover 95%. You're probably losing Emeka Ibuka. You're almost certainly losing Trey Henderson. Um, you know, they're like the, the, your top weapons are going to be different faces. So when you didn't show growth with the best weapons in the country, or maybe Washington's are something better, but functionally yeah. the best weapon in the country. Yep. Um, how could Ohio State trust you to run it back if you didn't do the things it takes for you to improve? Yep. And you can Ohio you can State go back, couldn't trust them to improve. Yeah. You can go back and listen to our podcast like like three or four weeks ago. My my stance this year, like, was that Kyle McCord probably was good enough to you know get Ohio State to the playoff and maybe even win a national title. Like I'm on record as saying that. Um, and I stand by that. Like, I mean, the reality is that he was a interception caused by his offensive line away from potentially beating Michigan and, you know, clinching a spot in the college football playoff this year. And based on the teams that are in the fucking playoff, like who the hell knows? Like, um, so like I, that that's been my stance, but I, again, even when I said that, I said, I was terrified of what was going to happen next year when you run Kyle McCord back with, probably without Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka. So, um, yeah, that's that's terrifying to me. Probably without Travion Henderson, too. Like, I, I assume all three of those guys are probably gone. So, yeah, that, that's that's a horrible situation for a guy that really hasn't shown any improvement since he's been the starter. And I think the other thing is, like, I, I, I'm not going to do this at this point because it's there's no point in doing it. Um, what has baffled me about Kyle McCord is that he doesn't seem to maybe this is rubbing salt in the wound at this point. He doesn't seem to just understand coverages on like a base level. Um, there's like yeah. several, like there's several just like designed. Basically it'll, it'll be a situation where you know the coverage 
and you're looking at, um, I, and I didn't realize this until I went and watched Ohio State play Minnesota in person. You can identify the coverage. I can identify the coverage sitting in C-Deck. Um, and, and you can see, okay, if this safety goes here, you throw the ball to A. If this safety goes here, you throw the ball to B. And for some fucking reason, he's throwing the ball to C, which like shouldn't even have a bearing in what this concept is. And it happens way more times than you would like to expect. You can go back and look at the film. I was sincerely going to break this down. But again, there's just no point because he's not going to be Ohio State's quarterback in the future. And there's no point in doing it. Um, and so that's what's baffling to me. It's not even physical skills that he's not improving on, which those were there too. His footwork was a mess, but like just a fundamental understanding of what was happening. And I think like based on going back and rewatching things, I, I don't think we gave Ryan Day enough credit for what he was doing at halftime and stuff to like coach him up and scheme things up for him to be able to make throws. Because I think there's a reason why he looked like a completely different quarterback coming out of halftime. And I don't think it was him. I think it was a lot more of, okay, this is how this defense is attacking us. Here's how we're going to adjust. Here's how we're going to make things easier on our quarterback. I, I think it yeah. was a lot more schematics than it was him improving. So um, I don't know. All that and, to and say. you can see the frequent exasperation of Ryan Day with him as well. Like, God, Ryan yeah. Day, like when Kai was coming to the sidelines, we're just looking over at it. Just the pure frustration from Ryan Day was tough. And I'm sure... Like we heard a lot, right, about that pregame speech before Michigan, where Kyle, according to uh, I think it was Dave Biddle, Bucknuts reported that uh, four times in a row before going out to the field, he said, "Don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes." And I'm sure some of that is like Ryan Day personally joining to him, like, "Hey, dude, you're fucking up a lot. Don't do it this game." And is that the right message from your coach to your quarterback? Probably not. But I also, when you're as frustrated with the guys you are who show no growth, isn't taking your coaching. I get it to a certain extent. Like I'm not here to defend Ryan day. I think, you know, Ryan day is a loser, but I do get why you wouldn't really trust your quarterback to do the things you have to, to win football games. Um, so I don't know, man. Like if you don't have, if you have a guy like that, you can't trust to do his job. What else are you going to do, man? At a certain point, you got to can him. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and he's again, not getting better. He's not learning from it. You got to do what you got to do. To Ryan day's credit too. Um, I think, he has been slow to move on from situations where that's clearly a sunk cost. The fact that Parker Fleming is still employed by Ohio state is kind of proof of that. Um, there've been several occasions where he has been very slow to fire somebody. Uh, Kerry Combs is one. Um, I mean, there's, there's several things that he's drug his feet on. He has not done that with quarterbacks largely. No, he has been no. very quick to, if he sees a chance to upgrade that position, he does it. I mean, it started with literally the first day he took Ohio, the, the job at Ohio State. Like as soon as he took control, he got Justin Fields in there and got Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin out there. Um, you saw it with him taking CJ Stroud and not really giving a shit what Jack Miller thought about it. Um, you saw it with Lincoln Keenholz recruiting him over, uh, who's the other kid, um, Brock Glenn, who just played at Florida yep. State, recruited him over yep. over Brock Glenn. Um, I mean, he, he does that. And obviously it's a different situation than just like, telling your starting quarterback to hit the curb, but like he has been like completely willing to move on from guys, even that he's coached for a year plus, like longer. I mean, Tate Martell was in his room for two, three years before he told him to get hit the curb. So like he is perfectly willing to improve at the quarterback position. And um, I, I am glad that he is, you know, not willing to just, be cool with mediocrity for another season. Yeah. No, I mean, 
I I completely agree. I, I think it's just it's a it's a major step to to get rid of like your most problematic player from the team. I think that is great. And the comic cord was I don't know, is he the worst player in the starting 22 for Ohio State? I mean him or Josh Fryer, right? Uh, or maybe you could say some games like steel or or like steel it was chambers. it was clearly I think it was clearly Carson Hinsman for me. Um, okay, sure. And Carson's a redshirt freshman who was too light in the pants. I think it was his yeah. issue. Yeah, that's a that like, it's not that's not necessarily his fault. But Carson Hinsman, he's in the yeah. bottom tier. He's in the bottom like four or five yeah, guys for sure. You'd say the most problematic to the team for sure. And to take the step of replacing him is a good sign. Like I said. It's step one of 15 for me. I have 15 clearly identified things he's got to do. Um, I'm not that he's listening to my fucking recommendations, but he should He'd be a better coach if he did. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> well, and but before before we even get into the the potential replacement options, which, which we've got a whole list um, that we're going to kind of go through. Um, I saw somebody that kind of asked, is anybody who is available to transfer to Ohio State, if you add them, you got to assume probably Devin Brown's gone. And so is transfer quarterback plus Lincoln Keenholz plus Aaron Noland a better roster situation than Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, and Aaron Noland? And to me, that's a no-brainer yes. Because I think I think the truth is that as bad as Kyle McCord is, Ryan Day was not going to intentionally sabotage his, his like a national championship potential season by continuing to start Kyle McCord over Devin Brown. It worked. Yeah. It I just I don't think that Devin also, Brown was clearly better. Also, I, I remain convinced you were not going to have both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown on your roster anyway next year. I think so too. You're picking between one of the three. Uh, in my opinion, of Devin Brown, Kyle McCord, or transfer, or transfer. quarterback mystery box. Yep. Yeah, those are your three options. I and like, I I've there seen there are quarter yeah there are quarterbacks who ever once I did the math on this last season actually I looked it up of like top 100 overall quarterback recruits who have stayed through the end of their third season without starting a game, and I believe that Carson Beck is like one of them. The guy who just started for Georgia. He's like mm-hmm. one, and the other one is uh, Ty Thompson, Oregon, who didn't play it all this year and was behind Bo Nix, and is, they're probably going to take a transfer over him again. So I think I think Brock Vandergriff is now in that category now after sitting well, he just, in Georgia. But, but this was, was his third season. year. Was it his third year? There, I think there, sorry, third it wasn't Beck. Beck was not a top 100 quarterback. Vandergriff is the it was Vandergriff, not Beck. Yeah, he just entered yeah, the portal. So, so basically, two quarterbacks ever have done it, and they didn't start in their third year. They didn't get a chance to do it, and yeah. now they both went portal. They're going to go portal anyway. Ty Thompson's going to hit the portal sooner or later. So that's your deal, right? Like, what's the point of having loyalty to your team? So I don't think Devin Brown is going to stick around anyway. No, so you you're, again, you're picking between Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, or transfer quarterback mystery box. And the clear answer is mystery box. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And yeah, I, I just... Because, I mean, if you're Ohio State, you're a top worst case scenario. You're like a top four or five destination for transfer quarterbacks. And realistically, you're top two, top one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so the answer is like with me, with you being that level of program, knowing the influence you have, the quarterback development, you have the tools you can provide to a quarterback, um, the Ryan Day system, the development track record, all these things, knowing the likelihood of which kind of talent you're capable of getting, even if there isn't like a Justin Fields level talent 
in the transfer portal this year. There's better than what you got. There's better than what you got. And your odds of landing better than what you got is pretty fucking high, in my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- and, and that's the thing I saw. I saw our good friend, uh, Thick Thick Stauskas, Dan, posted something like Ohio State fans are going to be really pissed when they figure out that there's no CJ Stroud in the transfer portal. It's like, yeah, but Ohio State doesn't need CJ Stroud to be better. They just need better than Kyle McCord. Like, yeah, well, Dan's talked a lot of shit. And look, I get it. He's feeling his oats after Ohio State again. He's allowed to. His yeah. analysis on these a lot of things is also bad. Like he's also talking about. Damn, Ohio State lost a lot of players to transfer for. I wonder if something's going bad there. Like, they didn't have only four seniors in the roster. And, you know, like, oh, damn, like, Ohio State's, like, like looking at the roster, they could be the only thing that wrong was quarterback. And it's like, no, it's the first day of the transfer portal. There's a lot of things Dan's saying that he's just talking shit about because he's getting his, he's getting his rocks off yeah, right now. I get that's, it. That's fair. I do yeah. the same thing. I'm going to be doing the same thing this time next year. Famous fucking last words, I know. <laughs> but uh, I've said that for two years in a row. But uh, God willing, if, you know, Mike Rabel delivered us from Ryan Day, I'll do the same thing this time next year. Um, but yeah, um, it's a step to make, to fix the program. You have a clear opportunity to be able to upgrade, to fix your team, to not have one of your worst players at the most important position, come back again, a player who showed no growth. And by some accounts, wasn't really liked very well by his teammates, uh, as by, like you can tell by a lot of guys posting a lot of things that weren't so positive comical or throughout the season. And after his announcement. Yeah. Um, quite a few of them are receivers. Uh, there's been a lot of this shit. <laughs> Some of them are receivers' dads uh, who've known him since he was a child. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff that tells me a lot of people in the program weren't very impressed by Kyle and didn't like him personally that much, or that Ryan Day felt the same. And that's what happens, man. Like you gotta you gotta make improvements when you're at this level for Ohio State and the, the standard we're asking for, which is competing for and winning national championships ultimately. You have to look at every single improvement you can make in the margins. Yep. Um, I understand Michigan fans feel like they're the best program in the country now because they won the Big Ten twice, three times in a row. Uh, but the fact is that Michigan has never really gotten close to a national championship uh, in an area where you played games for it. And they are have had a rude awakening every time they've gone to playoff, every time they've gone to major bowl games, every fucking year uh, since they played serious bowl games against real football teams. Uh, it's happened for 20 years in a row. So, frankly, while the Michigan developments have been a success story, and Michigan does have one of the best teams in the country this year, I'm happy for them, they're not going to win a national championship, and they don't know what it takes to be successful at this last level because they've never seen it before. And they yeah. can't wrap their heads around the idea that Jim Harbaugh isn't perfect in roster building. Uh, and I think they're going to find out in a few weeks, but I'll let, I'll let Alabama handle that for me. Um, what Ohio State has to do is you make it margin, uh, marginal upgrades, Um because it's stuck with Ryan day because it's a lame duck athletic director, right? Yeah. Like that's the issue is that well, Ryan day is your coach and you know, he's going to be a limiting factor in your success. You have to do everything else while he's here to improve what you can, which includes staff management changes that may seem small, but are critical that include roster management changes that may seem small, but are critical. You have to do that shit. You have to process the bottom of your roster more ruthlessly. You have to bring in top talent at top key positions where you're deficient. You can't just go in rocking with a, you know, a, a, a nobody wide receivers like that who can't catch the football. You have to upgrade. It's so how you get to be Penn State, right? Penn State didn't get good guys to the portal, and then that means they had to have a passing attack. Um, yeah. You don't want to become Penn State, or you don't want to become a Michigan team that thinks they can develop everybody if it gets to the end of the line and loses to fucking TCU in the playoff because they're actually not that good. You want to have a serious football team that can beat other serious contenders. Well, I and I think there was a school of thought at first, like in the early days of the transfer portal, 
that like you could either use the transfer portal or recruit out of high school. And it's not an either or thing. You have to be able to do both and do both at a high level. And I think that's the sort of thing that Ryan Day is finally like kind of waking up to. You can see and hear kind of how he talks about it this year compared to last year. Last year, he was still kind of doing the thing about like, uh, you know, we're really worried about like the culture of our locker room. Um, you know, like if, if a guy fits culturally, like we'll add him, but like, you can't just like willy nilly add somebody to your roster. And he's kind of singing a different tune now. It's very much a like, well, yeah, like, you know, this is a key part of roster management. You have to build a roster every year. That's going to be able to win. And that's what we're going to do. And so like, yeah, he am, also knows his last year to build it. If he did <laughs> essentially, <laughs> he yeah, like he, right. yeah, he is, he is, uh, at this point, like for, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like people can say that that Ohio State fans are insane for, you know, calling for Ryan Day's head after you know three losses to Michigan, given his overall record. Like, I, I, in a sense, I do get how the average college football fan thinks that's insane because the average college football fan would be ecstatic about you know an eleven and one season every year. But the reality is, if he does this one more time. I think that he will legitimately start to feel heat, um, especially if he loses to Michigan at home. What's probably going to be a significantly worse Michigan team for a fourth straight season and hasn't beaten them in what five, six years at this point. So like I, yeah, this is a very important year for him. And I think he realizes that. And I think he realizes how much he has to get this right. Um, yeah. But without, I think it's beyond that. I think he's already feeling the heat. I think after that, I think the heat is officially on after the third loss, the one that was most clearly not a result of like, like the other losses are Ryan Day's fault in the sense of the way he built his roster and the way he hired his staff. Yeah. Um, but I think that the 2023 loss is very clearly a loss directly on the way he coaches football. Yep. And I don't think, like, I think if he loses again, that's harder to stomach. That's harder to yes. stomach. Yeah. He, I yeah. mean, he just got out coached in the game. Uh, and you also have a new athletic director who these guys tend to want to make mandates, right? They want to like, you don't come to Ohio state to just not rock the boat. If you're an athletic director who's ambitious enough to get to that level of the sport, you generally want to make your stamp on it. Like this is, I, I don't think like if he, if he fails again, I think Pat Sean or whatever else they hire as new AD is going to make the move. Um, we'll see. I, maybe I'm just wish casting, but Four in a row is fucking disgusting. It can't happen. Anyway, um, let's talk about replacements. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Actually, okay. No I think at thing? first, I think first we should talk about replacing our closet. Oh, the lovely home field apparel. Kevin, tell us about it. Um. Okay. I I think personally, there is nothing that could um that could equip me better for transfer portal season than home field apparel because when you're really breaking it down entering homefieldapparel.com is like entering the transfer portal because you can just scroll down your list of colleges you can transfer just... it to a world of happiness yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yeah um but you can just you can just scroll down through through these list of colleges just like the transfer portal and you've got this whole list it's like a, a world opens up to you and you can go wherever you want um, and buy, buy apparel from any school that you want. And um, you know, it, it, it is just a, a magical land 
and I mean, obviously we're Ohio state guys. So we are here to, um, I don't know. We, we are here to buy Ohio pump state here. Yeah we're, yeah. we're here to pump the bucks. We're, we're, when we're going to home field apparel, we are shopping, um, Ohio state gear. But if you, if you look, we, to... we know who most of you are. We know most of you went to max right. schools. We know most of you <laughs> didn't go to Ohio state, even other teams you like, or maybe look, you're just the consummate Michigan hater who's prepared for the playoff by buying gear from texas washington and alabama uh you're doing whatever it takes to to make sure you know the wolverines don't get a w uh maybe you have other teams who enjoy watching the end of the season because ohio state is going to be sitting at home for the playoff uh and for the conference championship weekend maybe you were watching uh smu get a big one over tulane or troy and the fantastic coach john summerall uh you know taking care of business in the sunbelt title uh maybe you like james madison uh and, and coach sig who's now headed to indiana uh, with some friendships uh, from home field apparel. Maybe you just like college football and you want to get some new fucking gear because I'm on the same boat. Uh, maybe if you're like me, you have a, a girlfriend or family member went to a different school. You're going to buy them gear. Christmas, right around the corner. Um, I got, I have a stack of Christmas presents in my room right now uh, from home field apparel for some family. So uh, there's a lot of stuff you can buy on there. It's fantastic gear. Uh, if you have never ordered from them before, uh, use the code meet at midfield m-e-e-t-a-t-m-i-d-f-i-e-l-d for 15 percent off of your first order um kevin let's talk about transfer portal quarterback replacements for comic Accord. yeah um, I, how, how do you want to do this i feel like i feel like to start off at least i'm gonna shoot you a name and you're gonna tell me initial thought yes or no but you're, you're gonna okay. tell me you're gonna tell me your thoughts and then you're going to tell me whether you think Ohio State would be interested. And okay. so, it, I, so I think they're, they're, two, they're two very different conversations. So I'm going to talk about the name that the vast majority of people have texted me about. Like, I, I have probably received 15 text messages today about this one name. Cam Ward. First number pops in my head, 46 career fumbles. Yep. Look, here's what I'll say. Cam Ward is a better quarterback than Kyle McCord, right? His upside is higher. He makes highlight throws. He he does some sick stuff. He's always done that since since incarnate word. Like he he has the ability to hit a big throw, to hit a shot throw that a lot of quarterbacks just do not have. He has the arm talent. Uh he also has really horrible footwork. Um he, he has in my opinion, is pretty loose with the football. Um, his turnover numbers are way too high for my liking. He holds the ball at his fucking hip every time. And every time he gets hit, it feels like he's fumbling that football, which may sound familiar to you. If you know a quarterback that can hit big-time throws down the field, but uh, rep to rep isn't very consistent with his footwork, is too loose with the football, that may sound familiar. He's also an air raid merchant. Uh, a lot of those numbers about his passing stats and you know how, how high his completion percentage is, uh, how many yards he has. That is like baseline stuff, guys. You've got to look at the offense he's playing in. He played for, you know, a, a, a Incarnate Word and Western Kentucky offensive coordinators who came to Wazoo to play for him. Wazoo, which already has a history of being an air raid football team. They passed the football all, all the fucking time. A little bit less last year when the Kia Watson was doing well, but they passed the football constantly. Um, I like his escapability. I think he's creative. I think he's not afraid of making big plays, um, which is better than you could say for Kyle a lot of the time. I think he finds a way to get the ball all uh in play a lot um to get it downfield but like rep to rep 
I just do not trust Cam Ward. I think if you work through a list of like, I have three guys in my mind. They're already in the portal. I take ahead of him. Um, I think there are four more guys, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe six. I, I would try to be inducing into the portal before I got to Cam Ward. If all those guys tell you no, then I think it's probably worth taking one year of Cam Ward instead of turn it over to Lincoln, Air, or Devin, maybe. But I'd feel real nervous about that. I'd feel real nervous about rocking with Cam Ward. Especially given the other options. I just like I, I feel like there are so many like safer options. I think like if you are getting a quarterback, it's it's gotta be a guy that you think is either either he's a young guy. And I don't think they're going to do this, to be clear. Either it's a young guy with upside or it is a older proven guy that you can insert in the offense right now and would instantly make your team better. I think those are the two options you go. I think think Cam Ward is neither. I don't think you're you're taking a young guy with upside. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. I I, I disagree on some principle that, that would necessarily blow up the quarterback room. But yes, I, I, I think... I think generally speaking, um, because young guy is relative. Any any guy who is transferring is inherently in his second year of college football and is not going to disrupt yeah. the quarterback room that much. That's that's kind of my thought there. So um maybe, maybe. Um yeah, we'll but, we'll talk but, about but, that. But, but, guys, but generally generally yeah. speaking, I think that they're going to want a one year rental on a very proven guy who they can put in the offense right now and has a low floor that is higher than Kyle's or than Kyle McCord's floor. I think that is, that is the guy that they want. And I am not, not convinced at all that uh, it's going to be, be Cam Ward. Yeah. Neither am I. I. So here's what I would say. There are like four guys in the portal right now that are kind of in the same boat to me that are like on that, like Cam Ward is just below the line, in my opinion. I think there's two other guys are just above it, and one guy just below Cam. The guy just below Cam is Daquan Finn uh, at Toledo, who just entered the portal today. Um, That'd be fun. If you, he, He's fun. If you like Daquan, just say Cam. Cam's a better version of Daquan Finn, yeah. right? That's my thought on it. Um, the two other guys who are very similar to Cam in my mind, but just a hair better for me, are Dylan Gabriel and KJ Jefferson. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dylan Gabriel played football on that bullshit RPO, Jeff Lepi offense. That's just fake. And he did the same thing with Josh Heupel at UCF. However, like that is a kid that is a clear one year rental. He's one year of eligibility left. The numbers are pretty fucking good. And I really haven't seen him lose his team a game very often. Um, uh, like, in fact, he won game, Oklahoma a game this year. He did. I mean, like, the, he's Texas. also a guy that uh, we, uh, of course, injury. Like, that is a kid that does whatever it takes to get a first down yep. to get the team the ball and keep across the line. Like, I, I just respect the level of intensity he plays with. I think he played. I don't know. Like, he, he played badly. I guess against like BYU this year in a game they won. Uh, they won too close. They should have. They lost to Kansas and he didn't exactly tear it up, but I mean, he had still had three touchdowns in that game. Uh, and complete like 75% of his passes. He just couldn't get the ball downfield against Kansas secondary. But by and large, like Dylan Gabriel's track record for Oklahoma, I'm pretty impressed by. Um, 
he's a lefty. He's in the smaller side. Whatever. He's a one-year guy, right? Dylan Gabriel yeah. can win you football games. The other guy is KJ Jefferson, um, who was subjected to the hell of playing for a Dan Enos team this year. Uh, Arkansas hired Dan Enos as OC, one of the worst in the country. It's always a bad idea. Uh, his numbers took a major dip this year. He also is missing Raheem Sanders for large stretches of the season, his star running back. Um, but KJ is like if you like the Cam's ability to extend plays, KJ is just five inches taller and 40 pounds heavier than Cam Ward. The physicality he brings is impressive. His throwing motion is fucking goofy. Like he throws a weird football that is not like a first round pick quarterback. He's never going to be that. Um, if you're looking to get a guy to the NFL, you have better shot with with Ward or with Gabriel and maybe with Finn even. Um, but Jefferson at his best was a guy who extended plays a ton, is a very physical presence in the rushing attack, uh, hits some big shots downfield, and is able to extend plays to get guys open downfield and create chaos. Um, he is not going to be a top 50 pick ever. Never going to happen. If you're Ryan Dan, you don't care about that, and you're trying to win football games for one year, I'd take KJ over over Gabriel or Ward or Finn, if you're, in my mind. Um, I don't think his dip in production is due to any kind of fault in his game this year, as much as it is due to playing with a terrible OC and a major loss in talent around him, both of which would be corrected if he came to Columbus. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree in both regards. Those are my four like borderline guys that I'm like right on the fence between, you know, take or not take. I, I also want to point out that I think the only reason why people are um, starting this um, Cam Ward chatter, and there seems to be a it's lot of Ryan Cam Ward Clark chatter, tweet. is the and Ryan Clark tweet, tweet um, where he tweeted, basically, Kyle McCord entered the transfer portal and uh, Clarence Hill Jr. asked, like, why or something like that. And Ryan Clark responded to him and said, Washington State QB transferred there, which like is just completely untrue, to be clear. Like, I wish that Ryan Day was recruiting over Kyle McCord, but that's just not not what happened. He is implying that the reason why Kyle McCord was transferring from um, Ohio State was because Ohio State had already replaced him with Cam Ward, which we know is just not true. Um, like, we, we know that he just has bad information here. He's reading between the lines and having bad information. So all of the Cam Ward smoke is based on that tweet and bad information. So um, that that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, I, I guess it could happen, but it's not going to happen because of the uh, the Ryan Clark tweet. So um, I, I just wanted to address that. Like that's it's, yeah, it's not I coming from nowhere, on that, but, but that's where it came from. My guess on that, and I saw your your buddy Ben Koo posted about this saying that he thinks that it's because Clark is very plugged in and had sources on it. Um, my read is that Ryan Clark probably just read some tweets about Ohio state being yeah. involved for, for, for Cam Ward and like posted it by mistake. That's why I deleted it. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, ben asked me about that too. Info. Yeah. yeah. Ben asked me about that too. And was like, uh, Cam Ward. And I was like, no, I don't think so at all. And he was like, Oh, I just saw Ryan Clark tweet about it. So um, yeah, I, I, it, I don't. I don't think that he had any inside information, and that's why he deleted I, I mean, the tweet. I can tell you, I got some inside information. They're talking to him, but they're talking to quite a few guys. Yeah, of um, course they. They'll are. start of talking they to. They're, they're talking to Will Howard too, who they're not going to take. They talked to him preliminarily. I haven't heard anything on Cam Ward a couple of days since then. Since they started talking to him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Like, <clears throat> look, if they take Cam Ward, I could talk myself into it 
Yeah. Right. He's it's just upgrade, like, I think. on that cost. Right. It's an upgrade. He's just in that cost. Where I can talk myself into it. But given who else is out there or who else you should be trying to induce into the portal, he would be on that line where he's like, he is the line where I'd be bummed out about like, we couldn't get anyone better, but I could also still talk myself into being an improvement and be an exciting season. At least like for all Cam Ward's fault, he's a fun player. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about Will Howard. Cause that's the guy that you just said. That was one that no. I believe, I believe Austin <laughs> Ward said there were two names. We're going to get to the next one next, but one of them was Will Howard. What are your thoughts on Will Howard? Will Howard sucks. Um, no, thanks. See, see, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think Will Howard's good either, but I immediately after the Ohio state Michigan game, my wife and I went to dinner and we were watching Kansas state play Iowa state in a snowy game. And I found myself sitting there watching Will Ward, um, Will Ward, Will Howard, Will Howard. drop back. Yeah. To pass. <laughs> that'd be, that'd, be, that'd yeah. be a fun, fun, compare, <laughs> or fun uh, mashup. I was watching Will yeah. Howard just drop back to pass and make easily make throws that Kyle McCord missed the entire day. And I'm not saying that he is by anywhere close to the best, best quarterback that is available in the portal, but I still think that he's better than Kyle McCord after watching that uh, one game sample I in don't. the snow. So I, I, Will, I don't think, I don't think they're going to end up with Will Ward. So I don't think it really matters, but Will Howard. Or, yeah. damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think the problem is that he tends to play his worst games against the best teams which is obviously that is a problem yeah not a good trait you want to see in your quarterbacks um i don't think he's very accurate uh i mean he's a career sub 60 percent passer um he turns the ball over too much 12 over a three percent clip and his interception rate um he is a big kid with big time throws and credit to him like um, Kansas State's had a talented offense in some ways. Generally, has not been at receiver. He's not like hucking it downfield like big time guys going to get the ball for you. Um, but they do a good job there of creating space for him. They have a really dangerous rushing attack that kind of frees up some space to the safeties for him. Um, I think he is a good enough college quarterback. But I think the reason he left there is because Avery Johnson was taking his job, not because right. he is like. A a talented guy everyone else is chasing right um i don't know man will just turns the ball over a lot he doesn't pass that accurately he he is really like a slight to me he's a slightly more mobile kyle mccord who can hit like a deep shot can hit a shorter route probably better than kyle can but his intermediate stuff over the middle of the field is yeah, bad that's fair. like really bad and that's tough for an ohio state offense to deal with yeah I think Howard's like on the pay no mind list for me. I think there's no chance he's the quarterback next year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so there's also the, five uh, other guys, four other guys, that are real off really quick who aren't going to be go for it. Yeah, uh, Grayson McCall, DJ Ongalele, Tyler Van Dyke, Will Rogers. I've all seen people of various seriousness levels posting about them to Ohio State. Not happening. Just no. they're not going to be at Ohio State. No. Yeah. Um, the the last one that I wanted to circle back yeah. to that seems to be smoke. The one we haven't um, talked is, about yet. Yeah. And we have not talked about yet is the last one we haven't talked about yet is Riley Leonard. Um Duke transfer, obviously. Yeah. Duke transfer, obviously. Um it seemed like as soon as he entered the portal, he was heading to Notre Dame. But he obviously has not made any, you know, declarations. And I think if you're not a moron and you're 
choosing, hmm, where am I going? Notre Dame or Ohio State? That would would seem to me like it would be a uh, at least a a um, swayer of opinions, um, at least get Ohio State in the conversation there. So, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Riley Leonard? I mean, Leonard is by far the best quarterback in the portal. Like, I don't think it's that close. I know his numbers this year weren't that good. Um, if you watched him play in 2022 before all injuries, uh, that is a kid who's, I mean, a dynamic rushing threat, but also a much better pass than he's given credit for. Um, very good feel for the game and sees the field very well, but also a freaky athlete. Like that is one of the best running quarterbacks in, in college football. You can see the videos of him like windmill dunking and basketball as well. And when he was in high school, um, I think he provides a very natural bridge to Lincoln as well. Uh, like him and Link have very similar skill sets. So I think if you're like looking for, hey, one year of Riley Leonard followed up by Link taking the crown, that's not a bad idea. Um, you wouldn't change the offense at all, all between them. Uh, the question is, can you get him, right? And like you said, there's been an immediate consensus around Notre Dame since the minute he entered the portal. Um, Tom Loy posted today, the Notre Dame 247 writer who we all know and love, um, that he felt like Ohio State and Auburn were also making their pitches. Um, as we were recording, uh, someone, I think it maybe was Pete the Mel, I'll double check that, reported that um, he is taking, yeah, Pete the Mel reported that he is taking an official visit to Notre Dame on December 6th and 7th, which is Thursday and Friday of this week. No, uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week. So the question is, can he get past those visits without being committed? Um, if he leaves Notre Dame without committing, Ohio State's in the game. They should offer him whatever it takes. They have a better offense than Notre Dame. They have better receivers. Um, they have, Notre Dame's doing a lot in their own line. They have, a better, like they have a better just everything for him, Notre Dame. Notre Dame just lost their entire him. team to the portal, too. Like, the good players, yes. not just like... Yes. <laughs> they got one good guy in. Uh, they got a receiver in. I forget his name, but I do like the receiver they took. Um, but they lost a lot of that football team. And it's Notre Dame. They don't, like, they don't produce quarterbacks. Right. Um, and that, that that's the thing is like I obviously think that Riley Leonard would entertain it, and I think that he obviously was favoring Notre Dame for a reason. And there's a reason why everybody thought that he was going to Notre Dame as soon as he entered the portal. But he also didn't know when he entered the portal that Ohio State was going to need a quarterback and was going to come knocking. So yes. I, I think that's that's the key there too. Is like that would I mean I I'm not trying to be arrogant about my team here, but like to me, there's not really. Like it, that, that is a, a mind changer and at least has like causes you to consider hard whether you're really going to want to follow through with that if Ohio State is an option. Yeah. So. And Auburn's also kind of an outside threat, right? I mean, they have yeah. Hugh Freeze there who certainly had, I mean, put Malik Willis in the NFL a couple, a couple years I ago. I mean, R- Riley Leonard just offhand seems like a perfect Auburn quarterback. Just like he's that. from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the funniest scenario is he just ends up at Auburn <laughs> and just yeah, just goes back home. I mean, I would get that if he did. I don't yeah. like it's hard for me to accept the idea that he would just go to Notre Dame. I know they probably tampered with him to get him in the portal in the first place. It seems pretty yeah. obvious, which would be very uh, funny. based on everything. Yeah, which I mean, it clearly happened based on right. how he acted when he entered. I don't really get him going to Notre Dame. I don't really understand it conceptually unless he's just like a private school kid. Like he likes Duke. He likes Notre Dame. He just wants to do that shit despicable if so um but like if, you, if he's thinking logically of trying to get the league and trying to like you know improve as a passer there's no way notre dame is an option it's either auburn or ohio state um yeah. and i think ohio state clearly has more success than auburn has better weapons around him than auburn does 
Auburn's home, and 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 Hugh Freeze can also build an offense and develop a quarterback. You can give him credit for that. Yep. Um, we'll see. I think if we get to about forty-eight hours from now, and he has not like announced a visit to Ohio State or Auburn, that he's going to Notre Dame, we'll and it's over. Yeah. yeah, we'll know. Um, if that happens, and they don't want to take Cam Ward, which I hope they don't, then I think you get down to. And basically there are, there are four quarterbacks I would be trying to induce into the portal right now. <laughs> if I were Ohio state, I would be cheating. Love that. The portal, I'd be tampering. Uh, one of them we're going to play in a few weeks. Uh, it's Brady cook at Mizzou. Um, it's the same fucking offense. As Ohio state. He's way better at the common core. Brady cooks a really good quarterback. He blossomed this year. Um, it's going to be a hard sell because he has pretty much everything coming back there. I Just beat them and come back with their trainer. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I mean, that's some that's some nasty work. That's essentially like when everyone got hyped up about Ryan Day in 2019. Whenever he he had just beaten Michigan and then he took Al Washington and yeah. uh, uh, Greg Madison. This is give, like the new version. Give us of that. that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to think we have juice again, do that. Um, I would also try to steal Michael Pratt at Tulane, who just lost his head coach to Houston. That's an obvious name to me. Um, Michael Pratt again is a better combo court. I think he doesn't have quite the arm talent as some of the other guys, but the ball gets there in time. He's a big time quarterback, very accurate, great athlete, runs an offense very well. Um, not afraid to run. I like Michael Pratt. I'd be calling Jalen Daniels at Kansas nonstop till he stops hanging out the phone. Um, I think Jalen Daniels is a great option. Of course, the RSNC, he'd probably play one quarter before he's injured for the season, uh, given his injury <laughs> history and Ohio State's problems. And then um, I would see if you could have convinced Trader Sanders to uh, maybe get his dad fired or uh, see if Dion takes another job or, you know, just wants to quit coaching or maybe Dion recognizes it's better for his son to not be hit uh, 13 times a game once had a God. better for Or <laughs> Dion can be OC or something. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we could do that. I think that's great. Um, there are other some guys that have been discussed that I think I would not be. They're not the portal yet, but are expected to. Um, or I uh, think people think they could, uh, Dante Moore is the big one. Uh, last yeah. year, number one quarterback. Um, he had a pretty shitty first year at UCLA. I think part of that is the fact that Chip Kelly, um, has a very outdated offense and Dante also doesn't make great decisions. and was a freshman and didn't have great receiver. I mean, he had some receivers really Dante was an issue. I think Dante was, was just very loose to the football. He also is a second-year player who clear out your entire room, in my opinion. If you bring Dante Moore, he is starting. He's going to big an AL package. No one else is going to start there. Uh, you yeah. would lose Link and Devin 100%, in my opinion. Um, Noah Fafita is a kid that I like a lot. He played very, very well for Arizona. I think he was in his redshirt freshman season. I'm going to double-check that really quick here. Um, let's double-check that. Uh, yeah, it was his redshirt freshman season. So theoretically, he could go pro after one year. However, he is five foot eleven and like one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, yep. No feet will blow up your room. He's fucking awesome. Just as a player, I love him, but not really what we do. And then you have uh, you have Caden Salter at Liberty, who's basically no Fafita, except he's already transferred once. He went from Tennessee to Liberty after he was dismissed for violation of team rules. I think there was some off I think there was a domestic incident of some kind of recall correctly. Like not a great profile. I, I gotta double check. Maybe it wasn't that. I should not say that without knowing that. Yeah, right. Um why was he dismissed? That's what I, I don't recall this off the top of my head. 
Um, so wh- while you're looking this up, I I talked myself into the idea. I was possession. Obvi- sorry. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, yeah sorry. I I, I I talked myself into the the idea. The obvious thing is that Ohio State wants a one-year rental at quarterback before, you know, having the chance to move on to Lincoln Keen Holes or um or uh Aaron Holland. Like that's that's the obvious answer here. I've talked myself into Ohio State going with a younger guy if it's right. And um they're still because the reality is that Lincoln Lincoln Keen Holes redshirted too. So he technically still has four years left. He is, for all intents and purposes, a freshman too. So you're not like wasting eligibility. Like the, any guy that you bring in would still be a year ahead of Lincoln Keenholz too. If you brought in like a Dante Moore too. Um, I, I think the reason why you would not bring in Dante Moore is because he's not good. Not because he would blow up your room. If if you liked Dante Moore, for starters, I think that Ohio State maybe could have gotten Dante Moore from the start last year if they really pushed hard for it from what i have heard a lot um, of money you wonder that yeah well, uh, well uh, there was a money and guarantee of starting which they wouldn't give him yes um so there there were there were several there were several issues there but ohio state like was definitely in it and um liked him and the receivers liked him and there's a relationship there i think that ohio state if he entered the portal probably could get him but again, is he better than it? Does that leave your your team in a better place than taking a one year rental and passing it off, passing the sticks off to Lincoln Keenholz or Aaron Noland next year? And I'm just not sure that it does. You know, based on what we saw from him, I, I'm not sure that there's a guarantee. It, this isn't Justin Fields. You know, like it's it's yeah, not he's a not an unknown. It was a disappointing result. Yeah, it's a right. known to some level. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 not. Yeah, I, so so that is that is the thing for me. Um, I just I I don't I don't think that they're going to go in that direction for football reasons. I don't think it's going to be a blow up the roster reasons because I don't think Ryan Day for like to be clear, I don't think that Aaron Nolan is going anywhere regardless. And if Ryan Day has a clear favorite quarterback that is an underclassman who he thinks he can get is especially a multi-year starter or something like that because like Dante yeah. Moore would be a multi-year starter. Do you think Ryan Day is going to give a shit about blowing up his quarterback room if he can get a multi-year starter that he thinks is better than anybody on his roster right now? Lincoln Keenholz can go wherever he wants if he gets a a you know a multi-year starter that is better than anybody on his roster right now. So like I yeah. I, I push back against yeah. the notion that he is automatically going for a one-year. Um, well, I, I agree. I just think that guy doesn't exist. I that's that's what I'm thinking too. I yeah. especially in the portal right now. Um, or that like it's unless, going to be in the portal. Unless, yeah, it's unless like, Malachi Moore or Nico Yamavalea decide they want to leave Tennessee or yeah. USC. Like, right. th- those are the guys you do it for. Like, those hey, are the, yeah. like Jackson Arnold in Oklahoma, but then Dylan Gabriel just left. So that Jackson right. Arnold's not coming. Right. So, yeah, you don't right. have a guy. Like, I don't think he's doing it for Cade Klubnik or whatever. Like, uh, you know, right. there's not, and that guy's not leaving. There's not a guy who would come. Like, I mean, that's. that. that and then, yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, yeah. The, but, the thing but, yeah. that could not the one scenario that I don't think is likely, but I'm considering as possible, is that if Ohio State doesn't like the guys available to it, if they find that none of the options available to them are upgrades over the current roster or not worth giving a guarantee to. They wait until the spring. They wait until the spring with the potential that a guy like Caden Salter could graduate and become eligible again, or that another guy out there could become a grad transfer. 
and choose to leave. I don't again. I don't think that's likely at all. I think it's that would scare the, the shit out of me. Me too. <laughs> yeah, and like I guess I would say in that case, you're just running it back with Devin Brown, Lincoln, and and Aaron Nolan. That's the way the room gets worse, right? Yeah. That's how the room declines. Uh, if you don't get a guy in the spring, I'd be scared about that too. But it's it's enough of an acceptable risk. They went this anyway. I, I think ultimately they get one of these guys. Think are better. I think they take, you know, the list I, I had of guys I would take are Leonard Jefferson and Gabriel, and I think they seem to be higher on Ward than I am. And then I think maybe you hope one of Cook, uh, Pratt, or Daniels enters the portal. I'm being very unrealistic with Shadur Sanders. I understand that he's not entering the portal. Um, It'd be fun, but if one of yeah, Daniel's probably one either. So if one of Pratt or Cook, and Cook honestly, it's Pratt. The answer is actually Pratt because Cook's probably not going either. So if you convince Michael Pratt to hit the portal, or you decide to take one of, of Ward, Leonard, Jefferson, or Gabriel, you clearly upgraded. You're better off. Um, that's probably what happens here, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're going to get out of here soon. We do want to do a couple more things on roster management really quick. Um, just, you know, obviously Comic Corp was the big name. A lot of other names also left. Uh, obviously had 12 players at the portal. There's some recruiting stuff too. Um, I'm going to do a quick rundown, Kevin. I think you and I are going to talk through it really fast here. So Ohio State uh, has 23 recruits committed right now, the 2024 class. Um, I think there are flip rumors about two of them, but I ultimately bet they hold on to both, referring to Jeremiah Smith and Jordan Lyle. Um, they also have two gray shirt players and Lorenzo Styles uh, and Nigel Glover, who were not on scholarship last year, who will be next year. So they have to clear 25 spots on the roster from last season when they only had four graduating seniors. Um, those four seniors, of course, are Josh Proctor, Matt Jones, Avery Johnson, and Tristan Jebbia. Um, they're also still in, recruit- in, in pursuit of several recruits. Um, offensive tackle Jordan Seaton, defensive lineman Ernest Willer, Amaris Williams, and Carlin Jones, linebackers Kingston Villamuasa, Nicholas Rodriguez, and safety Coy Parrish. Um, they're up for all like those they, guys still. They, they could get one or two of those realistically, too. I think they probably are getting three or four more guys still this year. Um, which means what 28, 29 recruits if you count the two gray shirt guys, yeah, before you even look at the portal. So they had four senior gra- seniors graduating. Uh, they had 12 players at the portal other than McCord. It was uh, Julian Fleming, Evan Pryor um, at wide receiver and running back, respectively. You had offensive linemen, Jacob James and Vic Cutler, uh, defensive end, Amari Abor, uh, linebacker, Reed Carrico, defensive back, Cam Martinez, Kai Stokes, Jair Brown, and Ryan Turner, and kicker Parker Lewis. Uh, all were scholarship guys that hit the portal. Um Mayan Williams already declared for the draft, so that makes 17 exits, including the seniors. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg declared for the Senior Bowl. He technically could come back after that, yeah, based on the new rules, but but he's gone. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's 18. Um, Marv is going. That's 19. Burke is, I mean, 95% going. Yeah. That's 20. Trey Henderson is 95% going. That's 21. Um, then you get in some guys. I think JT and Tyleek are very likely to go, right? Yeah. That's 23. Beyond that, I mean, <laughs> you're basically like, a, I think Cade's probably gone, right? He's 24. You'd, you'd think, yeah. I mean, I don't think his NFL stock's going to get any higher. 
I think a Mecca, they could convince a Mecca and Jack to come back. I think, I think that's, possible. I think so too. I, I think, I think the three that they would try, uh, I, I think sincerely they would go all out and try to get Cade Stover back because the other option is to just recruit a tight end out of the, out of the portal. I, I don't think they're going to like their options at tight end outside of Cade Stover. Um, yeah. I, I, I think they would try to recruit the, the three that I think they would try to get back are, uh, Cade, Emeka, and Jack. Because I think those are guys that you could potentially well, Hancock get back. and Ransom too. Yeah. I mean that them too. They they need those guys back. I guess that's true too. Yeah. Um the, the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they need Mike Hall as well. I mean, yeah. All of those are big. I mean, all the, the thing we're gonna like, have these time are, to talk about this as we go. Yeah, but yeah, we we're 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 gonna get into this with and I think we're gonna see with like who's who ends up playing in the cotton bowl or whatever but like this whole list i think there are years where you're like looking at guys and you're like ah you know kind of don't let don't let the door hit you in the ass when like they're declaring for the the nfl like i mean you had ronnie hickman last year there's a few guys that you're just like low-key happy to see leave i think yeah. almost every one of these guys are guys that you would want back yeah i guess Maybe steel chambers, steel, steel like, chambers yeah he can go yeah. i'm seeing that like marv yeah. if he wants to come back cool <laughs> like, even Mayan, I love Mayan, but they need a new blood in the running back room. He needs gone. Like, yeah, he needs to be yeah. gone. Um, um, so I, I, I think more than anything, you're looking at like pushing guys out of the transfer portal, like guys who have yeah. not who have not produced in two years. It's it's time to move elsewhere. Like I, sincerely, that's the best for everybody involved. Um, yeah. And I think like like we said, they're gonna take somewhere between. Between the two gray shirts and then somewhere between 23 and 27, probably high school recruits. So you got to clear basically 30 spots for high school kids. Um, plus, you have to find room for any transfer portal targets you're making. Like, there's still other 13. I, I had 13 guys on my list for, excuse me, players who could be processed or otherwise be replaced via like better options. That's a process if they want to lose them. But could be recruited over via the portal. Um, I mean, I think Devin Brown at quarterback is an, an obvious candidate, pro- probably. Um, at wide receiver, I have uh, Jane Ballard, Kojo Antwayai, and uh, Keon Grays as options for that. And there's also, this is not a guy they would process at all, but there have been some transfer rumors about Noah Rogers looking at NC State. Yeah. Um, it's his hometown. Uh, he's probably not a top. Well, I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen at wide receiver. Because if if Mecca goes too, and Marv is gone, and Fleming transferred, and Ballard could leave, all of a sudden, no Rogers a top four guy. Yeah, but he might be a top four guy anyway. He might he might very well pass up a Ballard. I don't think it's that hard to do. Um, <laughs> so we'll see about Noah. I don't know what's going to happen with him. You have Sam Hart and Bennett Christian at tight end, who both got passed up by true freshman Jelani Thurman, and are kind of getting their way into the program. Um, you have Enoch Mamahi and Trey LaRue and Zen Mikulski at offensive line. Um, I don't think there's any way both Enoch and Tegra are back, and I don't think there's any way Enoch holds off Tegra. Yeah. So maybe Enoch just wants to be a program guy for a sixth year and just hang out again um, and be a deaf guy. That's a nice thing to have. Uh, LaRue, is there, he's 100% going to go pro with something other than football next year. He's not coming back. Um, and then Zen Mikulski got passed up by Josh Simmons and Luke Montgomery yeah. in the offseason. I don't think they're very happy with him. Um, Jaden McKenzie at DT. I think if 
some of these other guys come back, notably like Mike Hall or Tyleek Williams, they would probably tell Jane McKenzie, thank you for your services and good luck playing football somewhere else. Or, you know, you don't have to leave. You just can't play here. Um, <laughs> and Court Williams, I think the injuries are just, it's done for him. I think he'll yeah, be a GA or something. Shocked yeah. that he still around. Yeah. And, the, and then Jesse Mirko, like, that's just what I threw in for fun. If I was taking football seriously, if I was Ryan Day, I'd be recruiting over my punter in the offseason. I'd be taking a punter via the portal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams have done that. Michigan did that. Michigan took two portal specialists last it's year. It's ruthless, but he's not good. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> but the one game he, he fucked, he fucked up he... the fake punt and he was really bad in the biggest game of the season. They should recruit over him. Yep. I agree. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I could see as many as, I don't know, 35 departures from last year's roster. Yeah. And, uh, like, I again, and that's not like a, I think outside people are going to look at this as like, oh, my God, what's going on at Ohio State? It's like, no, like, they, this, they need they have to do four this. seniors. They had yeah. four seniors, and they had a lot of dead weight that you and I had been calling the process in years previous. They could have, again, this is an obvious thing. If they had signed recruiting classes the appropriate size instead of taking small classes, this wouldn't happen. We talked about it. Uh, yeah. This should be more proactive. You should not be forced to do this all in one year with like turning over almost half your roster. But Ryan Day's not a bright guy. He doesn't listen to you and I. If he listened to you and me, he'd be better positioned as a coach. Yeah. Um, but so you got to do all of it all at once. Yeah, yeah. and it, it is a it is a necessary thing. It is a, I mean, it is what it is. And like, the thing is, a lot of these guys too. Like, it's it's not even that you're. There's no path for them to play. Like in a lot of cases, like they're going to get passed immediately by guys that are coming in as freshmen. Like there are guys as freshmen that I'm like year one going into year two. I think they're already behind the sticks of freshmen that they're kind of recruiting over guys. So like, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there are... Hawkins is the name I'm thinking of. It's safety. Like, yeah, he's on the roster for now, but he's Ryan Turner to me. He's not going to play here. Yeah. Sorry if his parents hear this or whatever, but like, come on, like that's. We're not in kind the, of awesome if they were. Yeah, I might change yeah, my opinion on him. If... We're not in the we're not in the being friends with parents business of Ohio State football. Like, I mean, that kid's yeah. not going to play here, pretty likely. So, I think it's very possible they recruit over him pretty quick. I mean, you got to do that shit. Yeah, no, it, it it is what it is, and I think like the people. I think who they're signing like... three kids in this year's class. They're going to do this with next year because they took them just to take them. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, I, th that's the truth of every class. Like. And maybe those kids are going to surprise you, but like, probably not, you know, like it's yeah. every now and then you get a Dewan Jones. These, but... these aren't like Dewan Jones guys. That are, that's, I mean, they're not like guys that have crazy traits that you just right. like, they're just guys that are like, okay, I mean, I don't know. I think there are some choices in the roster they'll regret in a couple of years, but they always do that shit. Um, well, I, and, and the good news is that it's more fixable than ever now than it was sure. previously and so like i like i know a lot of people get nervous when they see all this insane roster turnover but to me it is correcting mistakes that they made in the past and they are finally doing it right i guess and so i i am not nervous i, I would be fine seeing 35 players leave this ohio state roster like i think it'd be a benefit for the team i think even right. like up to 40 i'm okay with yeah the, the question yeah. is can they get the right guys in the portal if they do that 
and even, a harder question to answer. Yeah. Even even if even if they're not, I do sincerely like the this recruiting class enough that I am fine pushing out second and third year players for these incoming first years. I think the guys who they got largely in this recruiting class are guys who probably should be at Ohio State and some of these m- more of the third and fourth year guys especially on the offensive line simply or not. Yeah. And also another lesson here, by the way, is like, don't do this to yourself again. Like never sign a class in this era with fewer than 25 players. Do not do it. You have to have new blood in the program. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a podcast. That's a podcast. And I'm sure we will be back next week. The, The cool thing about like, the transfer portal season is that shit moves real fast because it has to. So, um, by the time we talk know. next week, there's going to be some more changes. Yeah. We'll yeah. have, we'll have heard. I not all the declarations, but a few of them. We'll probably have heard a few more, um, some opt outs, stuff like that. We'll probably heard a bit more portal entrances. We'll probably know whether it's going to be the quarterback next year. If I had to guess by this time next week, um, you just pretty me. close to it. So. I mean, that, that that's the thing that's going to have to be solved, but by, by by um they're not going to decide that in the spring lord willing god that would be a, a hell yeah, of a few soon. months but god. but yeah so i i, I think it's going to be a fun fun couple weeks and again this is this is the sort of i don't know these are the sort of times that we li- live for as a podcast because it's like just pure optimism you know you don't have to sit there and talk about what's happening on the field or anything like that like we can just purely speculate on new blood, new roster formation and all that sort of stuff. So um, I will say it's going to be very interesting to see what Ohio state does at quarterback in the cotton bowl, because it's not going to be Kyle McCord and it's probably not going to be the guy that's going to be playing. It's going to be starting at quarterback for Ohio state next year. I assume it will be Devin Brown. Um, Maybe not. Maybe it'll be uh, Lincoln Keen holes. I, I'm fascinated to see what happens there, but it's going to be very funny that it is not going to be um, Kyle McCord. Yeah, I do want to check the the window where they could before I forget for what we hear. Um, <laughs> it's a 30 day window, so it doesn't close until January 2nd. And it's and it's worth noting, too, that that is the window to enter the portal. Correct. It is not the yeah. window to sign with a team. You would expect that most kids would sign before kind of that January area because they want to enroll in classes and get into the program before the spring. Yeah, by like the second week of January. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like so, you're looking at like January 10th or whatever is like, I think that's around when classes start again. That's when you're going to want to see or you're going to see the majority of the players making their decisions. But um but yeah, they, they don't, there'll technically... be a lot like the big name guys, especially quarterbacks, because it is in high school recruiting tend to go faster, right? Yep. Like guys, dominoes fall, they get their spots. want to know who the best, where the best guys are going. Um, yeah, shit, man. I'm excited to see, to see Lynn let it rock. I, I don't know. Hopefully we get some good news. In the next 48 hours about Riley Leonard and you and I are popping champagne this, this time next week, but, uh, yeah. we'll see, man. Um, should we come up with a new sign up this year? A new sign off? What are we? What are we? When to stick with the old one? What do you think? I don't feel good we about making one. We deserve that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I don't think we deserve it necessarily, but I, I I don't feel good about one on the fly. So maybe we'll sleep on it and we'll just go no sign off again. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>